The Nashville Predators have their home opener against the Dallas Stars, and it went really bad. We'll have a recap of last night's game, all the highs and lows, coming up today in the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your Preds podcast. That's free and available on all podcasting platforms and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. All right. Also wanted to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet online uh, bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts all right and um yeah yeah probably jump into last night's pred stars game normally okay so we do our one word to describe the game and all that we're gonna have a recap but first let's go put a caveat out there for for all of you listening this was one game mm. in an 82-game season. It is one game in an 82-game season, which the Preds had already played two prior games and won both games. Yes, so, we're still above 500, everybody. Yeah, we're still a 500 team. We're still <laughs> leading the Central Division right now. So I think it's it would behoove us to take a deep breath and kind of view everything we're going to talk about from, from the lens of one game, of this just being one game. Now, if they keep playing like they did last night, there's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But for now, let's just focus on it being one game. Yes. One game, everybody. Yes. Perspective matters. Yeah. All right. But the perspective from one game was that one game was awful. If you're a National Predators fan, uh, Preds conceded two goals early in the first period. Stars added another one uh, right at the depth of the second period. Kind of a momentum killer. Uh, And then in the fourth period, uh, another goal by the Dallas Stars, followed immediately by the one bright spot for the Preds last night, which was Ryan Johansson's line, scoring to make it 4-1. That was your final score. And one word mm-hmm. to describe last night's game. Let's go. So last night's game was a whole experience in the Kimmel house for a number of reasons. First of all, there was the game itself unfolding in front of us. The other thing that happened simultaneously as this Dallas Stars Nashville Predators kerfuffle was that somehow at least one skunk let loose I swear to you it either came up to our front door backed up to it and let it go or we think there's a family of skunks near our AC unit Friends, I watched this entire game with a blanket over my mouth because our house smelled so bad. And we call that skunkified. Like when something like that happens, we're like, ooh, skunkified. The game last night was skunkified. Like 
you know, it just, it didn't, it was not, a, it was not pleasing in any way, you know, and I get it. Sometimes skunks just get startled for no good reason and they let loose. And I feel like, you know, the Nashville predators maybe for, for no good reason, just couldn't quite get it going and let loose. And we ended up kind of with a skunkified game. So that is my one word for the game last night was skunkified. 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 First off, first off Boy, I'm sorry because that sucks. That uh, if you put your home up for sale, I do not blame you. Oh, it was so bad, y'all. Yeah. Um. All right. So I'm sorry for bringing up a Christmas movie during Halloween season. Uh, but how many of you have seen A Christmas Story? Oh, yeah. I've actually seen that movie. Well, my one word is Scott Farkas. <laughs> you remember who Scott Farkas is? I do not. I he do was not. the redheaded bully, like the bully that would always like chase people through the neighborhood. And he had yes. like a little like curly-haired stoolie with him with a little like hat. And he mm-hmm. would just go out and terrorize the neighborhood. Everybody was scared of him. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Ralphie snaps. He just beats up Scott Farkas. Scott Farkas is sitting there crying. Uh, his little stoolie is like, hey, stop. Don't do that. You know, and then all of a sudden, nobody is scared of Scott Farkas anymore. So last night, the Preds were Scott Farkas. You know how the Preds like to play. We've talked about this before. Aggressive forechecking. Uh, very suffocating a neutral zone play where they're just aggressive and stepping up to take pucks or poke checks loose. Uh, and then just sort of, you know, instead of like dump and chase, there's a lot of offensive pressure, carry the puck to the net, try to get something going. That's how the Preds like to play. The Dallas stars fought back. They were the Ralphies last night. They did everything the Preds like to do and they did it to the Preds. You know, they had absolutely no answer for how aggressive the Dallas Stars were last night. Um, absolutely suffocating forecheck. Mm-hmm. Our friend Alex Doherty at A to DC Sports actually put out a couple of good screenshots, kind of showing that the Stars actually had three guys forechecking a lot of the night. And the Preds could barely get the puck out of their own zone. And when they did, you know, there, there was also somebody there in the neutral zone to cut down player, force the Preds into a mistake. Uh, it you could tell like that sort of aggressive play absolutely rattled the predators a little bit mm-hmm. in the sense that they weren't ready for it. They had no answer for it. They looked like a mess whenever Dallas had that super aggressive press. And that was what the Preds like to do to teams that they were, they like being the bullies. They like mm-hmm. teams into the screw ups. Dallas did that to them last night and it wound up with Nashville bloody crying in the snow uh not letting up not getting any sort of reprieve until pete DeBoer, who i guess is ralphie's mom came running <laughs> and finally called off the dogs yes. scott Marcus is what embodied the predators last night that is actually a painfully accurate picture and i agree with what you said the preds got out predded last night like here's the upside from you know the upside of this game is we know that the Preds identity works 
because it works on the predators. <laughs> it worked last night, just not for the predators. Right. But, you know, on the right track here, guys, like this, this style of game, I think a lot of people are like, oh, that's not the way that, you know, hockey is. It's a game about speed and it's a game about, you know, skill, puck skill and all this. And, and like, look, this still works and we know it because it worked on us. Yeah. It is a game about winning. Yeah. Like, however you can win. Uh, that is how you should play. And that is how the Dallas Stars played last night. And look, you know, there's, there's still a lot of question marks on the Stars team, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, you know, there, there wasn't, it was one of those things where you look at the Preds and there's a few players on the team who played really bad last night, uh, including some of their key guys. And it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, if the Predators, like, had a few more crisp passes, if they were a little bit more patient in making a play, would this have still been a 4-1 game or would the Predators have put some big chances on that? Maybe. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's the thing. I think maybe in game two, because these two teams play again on Saturday, uh, maybe we'll have kind of a better gauge on where the Stars are and whether the Preds could beat that. Maybe if that was just, you know, kind of the Stars coming out and being like, look, we're here to stay. We know we're getting overlooked, but we know we can win with these people, and here's how. Um, or if this was just a case of, look, you know, that strategy was work. It's good to get the Stars some juice, but it really the Predators lost this game more than the Stars won it. I think, you know, yeah. as the season goes on, we're going to look back at this game and maybe get an answer on that. But, um, but yeah, for, for last night, yeah, that, it, totally. it was good. It worked. It worked it, for the Stars. It works. Yep, yep. It it's effective and we know it now. Yeah. Do you think fatigue was a factor? I mean, they've been home for what, like five days now? Four days, five days, yeah. Yeah. And I get it. Like it's takes a while to get rid of jet lag. It's yeah. somebody who had a nine hour trip from Greece three months ago can tell yeah. you. Um, but I'm also not a professional athlete. <laughs> uh, no one was helping you. Yeah. I did not have like three or four practices between then and now, yeah. um, you know, maybe fatigue a little bit, but I don't really think you can use that as an excuse in this game. Like, you know, right. if anything, you should have been like, well, the Predators have chemistry now. Like they figured out who's going to be playing together. Uh, they've kind of figured out their timing, their rhythm when they're out on the ice together. And uh, that, wasn't the case last night mm -hmm. because they looked out of sorts. Nobody looked like they were having any sort of chemistry or communication. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was not good. Yeah. It was not what it looked like. It was going to be on paper. Welcome to hockey friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boy. Um, all right. So we asked you guys for your one words as well. Uh, Twitter user JW hood said his one word was inactive. They are just kind of there during tonight's game. Look like they were waiting for something to happen instead of making something happen. Um, I would say that's a that's a pretty yeah. good description of what happened. Uh, and then Hot Takes and Hot Dogs just uh, sent us a gif of Seth Meyers shouting, boring. <laughs> yeah, it was not action-packed. It no. was not action-packed. Uh, all right, so more from this game coming into, we got to talk about the performance of some of the Preds' big players mm -hmm. last night uh, because for the most part, 
wasn't that good. We'll talk about what went wrong. But first, I want to mention today's sponsor is BetOnline.net. It is your number one source for all of your hockey betting needs this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game out there. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. Everything from live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Uh, not just hockey. We've got NFL coming up. Uh, college football is in full swing. Major League Baseball playoffs. MMA boxing. MLS playoffs. And golf. And plenty more in between, including updates and fun. You can play with all of your va- favorite Vegas casino games. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Dan. Uh, so we've talked about one words. What are some things that stood out for you uh, from the Preds' perspective in last night's 4-1 loss to the Dallas Stars? One of the things that jumped out at me, and because this is only, again, people, this is only the third game into the season. I don't want to read too, too much into it. But it's a it's a thing that we've seen from the Predators before. And that's kind of this late period getting scored on late in a period. It happened in the last two minutes of the first period. It happened in the last minute of the second period. And some of that is purely circumstantial. You know, I, I think it was the second period was a power play. So some of that is just the nature of the circumstances. If you're on a power play, you're more likely to get scored on, yada, yada. But I think it really was a game changer, especially in that first period. I really feel like kind of if there was a moment of the game changing, it was when the Predators uh, gave up the goal with uh, less than two minutes to go in the first period. I think this is a very different game if the Predators go into the locker room down one goal in the first intermission instead of down by two goals in the first intermission because they just didn't have it. They just didn't have it in this game. And I think it's much easier to climb out of that. We aren't connecting. We aren't jiving. You know, we don't have that extra mental zhuzh thing happening when you're only down one goal. And so for me, I feel like those late period goals can just, you know, they're momentum changers. They're obviously score changers. But I think in this one, that second losing, you know, going down by two goals in that first period, I think that was really kind of a game changer for the Predators. And the way that they were executing, they just, I mean, even a two-goal lead was going to be too much for them to work out of the way that they were playing last last night. So for me, I'm like, y'all, buckle down. It's 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's, 20 it's, minutes. The, it's the same thing you said but for me, the killer was the second period uh, when mm. Joe Pavelski scored to make it 3 nothing. Dallas Stars. First off, let's talk about that goal because that was uh, an absolute mess. The rebound just kind of mm-hmm. bouncing around the Predators' net. Nobody really knew where it was. Um, it, you know, it looked like, you know, I can't remember which defensemen were on the ice, but they're, they're just kind of doing the sticks up circle skating thing looking yeah know where the puck was and then all of a sudden dallas just takes it from behind the net throws it in front to joe pavelski who hammers home the goal to make it three nothing um that was with 51 seconds left in the mm-hmm. period and up until that point and i thought the predators were pushing really hard towards the end of that second period i thought they played an overall pretty decent second period but that goal right there, you know, it went from, okay, 
Preds are only two down, you know, got some momentum, you know, we one goal is going to just ex- cause Bridgestone arena to lose their mind. Uh, and then that goal happens. And then it was just more like, okay, let's just get this night over with. Yeah. Yeah. I think those late period, those late period goals just are absolute killers. They are absolute killers. And again, some of it is circumstantial. It, I don't, I don't necessarily think the predators are like, eh, we're about two minutes out. We might as well just skate around. It's yeah. not that, but you know, those are extra costly, extra costly. And I think we saw that last night for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the first goal of the game, because I think that was a good microcosm. And there's a couple of things that happened that I want to shout out. Uh, the, <laughs> the first goal was the Mason Marchment kind of breakaway goal. Um, what happened is he was going out on what was at that point a one on three. So that was a one on three. He absolutely beat Roman Yossi. You do not see Roman Yossi, you know, former Norris Trophy winner, Norris runner-up last year, get beat that bad defensively. That that made it look like he was like an AHL scrub going against Connor McDavid. Like, that was such a bad bad defensive play on his end. And I think that's problem number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Problem number two is when Yossi got beat, no one backchecked. Philip Forsberg was on Mason Marchment's tail. Watch that play. He tailed up. Like he pulled up. Like his his body was upright. His stick was in his hands. He was gliding back. Like I get it. Like people are saying, well, look, he's gonna, he's gotta keep his position. He's gotta stay like kind of back in case there's a rebound or he needs to clear. He needs to get the breakup going. If you see your defender get beaten, you see that your other guy is on a breakaway and your defenders need help, you got to skate, man. Yeah, You're Philip Forsberg. You're one of the best skaters in the league. You got to go back and back check on that play. Like, even if it's just, like, tapping him on the arm a little bit, like, cause let him know you're there. Like, let him know, like, he's got to rush to make a play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, poor Alexander Carey had to skate, really, from the other end of the ice to try to cut off that play, and he was nowhere near, you know, at that point either. So, just a a bad play by Lowe's, Yossi and really to be honest and a lazy play by Philip Forsberg um and that was kind of the first indication to me and it's like okay something's something's a little off in this game like this is this is going to be one of those nights yeah yeah. And John Hines talked about that post game. He said, you know, we did a lot of good things, but we didn't have that spark. And and they really that I thought that was a really great way to say it. Like they were out there doing the thing, but they weren't doing the thing with the the internal zhuzh. Yeah. Like I kept coming back to um in Spider-Man, he talks about the Peter Tingle. There was no Peter Tingle. Like they're, the Predators had no Peter Tingle. Like they weren't, you know, the lines really, I don't think, were Peter Tingling together. Um, plays like what you're talking about there. I think there's just some sort of, uh, there was just some sort of mental, almost disconnect kind of thing. And look, the Predators weren't trash panda the entire game. You know, they definitely had points where the momentum was in their favor. They had points where they were generating offensive pressure. The problem was when they were generating this offensive pressure, they were generating it around the perimeter and not putting the puck on net. So there was just 
just kind of these uh, mental disconnects that happened throughout the game. And, and it was, it was hard to watch because like I said, you know, you could see them doing, they're doing the things, but they weren't connecting with the game. And I think what you're talking about the play with Yossi and Forsberg is a good example of it. And, and look, I hate to say this because, you know, I, I'm sure people will disagree with it, but I don't necessarily think that Soros had his best game. He did have some incredible saves. There were definitely some plays and and you can always count on Soros for this. And it's, I mean, I would say it's not his job, but it actually is his job. Like he should not have to bail the team out on some of the plays. That the he goal. Did. Yeah. <laughs> that is you know, what he's really, there for. That's what he does. But you know, there were definitely some plays that that it was literally left to him. But I think a couple of the goals, I was like, ooh. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, the the first one, or uh, no, the first one, I, I don't think you can blame on him. Um, the second goal, this was the one that you and I were like, huh. You know, it was kind of like a bad rebound that just kind of hung in mm-hmm. front of Yossi. Um, A, where were the defenders to clear that net? Because yes. – Mill Sunquist and Mason Marchment were like the only two guys around the net. Oh, uh, look at here. <laughs> yeah, Sunquist just kind of, you know, tapped it over to Marchment, who like barely tapped it into the net. Like that was mm-hmm. that was kind of a gimme play. Um, so and, but you know, that was the only one that I looked at UC Saros and been like, okay, like that rebound was kind of a bad rebound, you know, Mm -hmm. that's one that he should have controlled. I don't know if I'd look at the other ones and be like, this is absolutely like a play UC Saros should have made. Um, I don't know if I see that, but Mm. yeah. I just felt like he was maybe just a titch out of position. Just a titch. That's the technical hockey term. Just a titch. Yeah. Just a titch. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, there there was a few positives from last night's game, uh, including one line in particular. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. Yeah, we do have some positive things to say because we are Hoctimists if we are nothing else. First, want to thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen of the day. When we wrap up, if your fantasy team needs a little work and look, there are already some men down. So if you have a fantasy hockey team, you're going to need some inside information. You need to make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Steal and Flip will bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice. Um, Available Monday through Friday. You can find Locked on Fantasy Hockey available on YouTube, Audacity, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and so one thing I did like about last night, we did talk mm-hmm. about the Stars' um, aggressive play, you know, how they were always seeming kind of like pushing the momentum, like they were the ones that were kind of dictating how the game was played. Mm-hmm. The one line that broke this trend, and it's the line I think everybody's kind of fallen in love with, it's the Ryan Johansson and Nino Niederreiter combination. Uh, yes. They were responsible for the goal last night. Ryan Johansson uh, tipped in a shot from Ellie Tolvin, who uh, looks like he might be the new winger on that yeah. second line. Uh, the great Kiefer Sherwood run lasted about one and a half games. Hey, now. May, may we always remember fondly. Um, but, yeah, and, I mean, this line seemed to be 
sort of the standard bear for the Preds last night in terms of solid play. Um, you know, it was kind of like, you know, the, the games last year with the herd line where it just felt like, you know, everything was falling apart, but they were the mm-hmm. one lines that seems like always something happened positive when they were on the ice. Yes. This line this season for the Nashville Predators. Uh, and they showed it, you know, in full force last night. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think this was, you know, definitely the line that was the bright spot in the game. Typically, I think, especially after last season, you would think Forsberg, Duchesne, Granlin, they're going to come out and they're going to kind of be the spark line. They're going to be the line that generates something. And that really did not happen last night. Last night, it was Johansson, Niederreiter, and Tolvanen. Um, And you know what? That is very reassuring because that line, the second line was the Achilles heel of, you know, kind of offensive production last season. And you're really seeing something very different with the addition of Nita Ryder. And I think Ellie Tolvanen had a really great game with Johansson and Nita Ryder. And uh, Ryan Johansson was asked after the game about Ellie Tolvanen and his performance. And this is what he had to say about playing on a line with Tolvanen. Played with Tolvi all last year. Love the kid. He's a, he's a horse. He's a little pit bull. And he does a lot of good things out there. Um, so he, he earns everything he gets, and, and I know what to expect from him every night. And, and I thought he, he played a solid game. Yeah. I mean, you can He's a horse. He is a horse. Yeah. Uh, thought he was going somewhere else when he started that sentence. Got to uh, be careful. Yeah. I mean, look, Ellie Tolvanen, he is, you know, what he is, which is, mm-hmm. you know, very good, I think, two way player. Does a lot of like the when we talk about like the, you know, 120 foot game, 200 foot game, I forgot how long hockey rinks are. Um, We talk about doing a lot of the things in the 200 foot game. Mm -hmm. And Ellie told him that very well last year, he just couldn't for whatever reason, translate that to goals. And that cost him uh, a few games last year as healthy scratches this year. I think, you know, Ryan Johansson has Nito Niederreiter next to him. They have some history. Nino Niederreiter is definitely more of a consistent scoring threat. Yes. Our friend Luke Cunnan was. So I think that takes a little bit of pressure off Tolvanen a little bit where he can just go and play his game and maybe reap some rewards of playing with two highly skilled guys. Um, And I think maybe, you know, if if that's kind of the direction they move forward with Tolvi on that second line next to those other two, you know, I think I think you're going to see some dividends from that. And I think you're going to see Tolvanen's play uh, increase to a next level. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, we talked a little bit before we started recording, and I and I think we can agree that all of Nashville Predators Twitter has talked about Phil Tomasino being in Milwaukee and that this was maybe going to be his second, his season to get that second line, you know, spot. But I think Tolvanen's game is so very similar to Johansson and Niederreiter that it and it looked it last night. So I think this was a really good game for Ellie Tolvanen. I think it was for all of the struggle for 60 minutes that there were for the Nashville Predators. I think that second line had a really good game. And it's good to see Tolvanen get rewarded because, you know, we've talked about this a million times. He came into this league known for one thing and that thing wasn't clicking last season, but he does so many other things well. Um, so it's good to see Tolvanen kind of off to a solid start this season. You know, I don't want to brag, but he's tied for the team, you know, tied with Niederreiter for points. So point per game average here, folks. Yeah. Look out, Ellie Tolvanen. 
Yeah, and he's looked solid uh, in every game he's yes. played. Got some shorthanded time last night as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, good for him. I, I know the Predators are trying different things um, a little bit, um, getting, mm-hmm. you know, some new faces, some some power play time late in the game. Let's talk about the power play. Like, what did you think of, you know, the combinations that the Preds put out there? Um, you know, again, we're, we're having – seems like we're having issues with that second unit being able to kind of sustain anything. Yeah. I like the second unit. I like that, you know, the predators now have Nita Ryder. I love Janot on the second unit, but they just almost couldn't keep possession long enough to get Janot in front of the net on that second unit. And that that's where you need him to be for the second power play unit, I think to be successful. So it was not, and again, I think this is true of this whole game. What was on paper did not translate on the ice. I think the second power play unit is much improved, but it sure did not translate on the ice last night in the game. Yeah, I mean, that's, and I saw people make this tweet uh, last night. It's concerning when, you know, in a, in a game in which you look like you're struggling to get anything together offensively, you sent down somebody who scored 32 points as a 20 year old last year. And I get that. I mean, Kiefer Sherwood is going to have a chance to kind of get back to where he was uh, in camp uh, because he was on that second pay power play unit and looked a little out of sorts. Um, also not having Cody glass in the lineup last night, Huge. Uh, that wound up being a factor too. Cause you wonder maybe is there a little bit more jump, uh, from that 3D line that was mm-hmm. last night. You know, they ran together with Michael McCarron, Kiefer Sherwood, and Cole Smith. And I think saying those three names together uh, makes you think maybe there is a little bit more of an identity shift from that line compared yeah. to where Tolvanen and Glass were skating together. Yeah, definitely a, a different production value. But here's something that I do want to say about, and I saw the tweets last night and you know, I sat up and chewed on this. I saw the tweets about like, oh yeah, Cole Smith and Kiefer Sherwood. Let's give them more ice time. Um, And, you know, look, oh, they burned out and all of this. Here's what I want to say to that. First of all, um, if you look at that game and you look at all of the players on there, what's going to happen, and I've accepted this, what's going to happen is that Kiefer Sherwood and Cole Smith are likely to pay the price for just an overall poor game by the Nashville Predators because there are depth pieces to sub in there. So it is concerning to me as somebody who is not off the Kiefer Sherwood train. So everybody just quit with that because I'm not in the mood. But it's frustrating a little bit to me because I feel like those are the guys that are sacrificial lambs for an entire team who did not execute well. So when... I see, I see on Twitter all that, you know, all that Kiefer Sherwood, how's he looking? He's looking as good as Matt Duchesne. And you know, that hurts my heart to say, but you know, that fourth line, those are the players who are going to end up paying the price for an overall team performance that was just skunkified. Yeah. Now, look, I, I agree with you in that sense that this is one game and I don't think we should you know, dictate an entire season based on sure. game. I do think if we get, you know, two, three weeks into the season and we're still seeing kind of the same thing. Oh, 100%. Then I think you have to go back and re 
examined because look, if we're going to, if we're going to say, well, you know, we were judging Phil Tomasino being not ready on a two week sample size in which he played Mm -hmm. one, two, two games. Yeah. Then it's also not fair that you're giving Kiefer Sherwood and Cole Smith, you know, a longer leash in the regular season with a longer sample size. Don't disagree with that. Don't disagree with that. Being patient with Tolvin or um, Tomasino. um, Mm -hmm. But I think you got to re-examine that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Let's let's see how things go. If things don't improve, if Kiefer Sherwood plays well, like if he goes out there and is like a solid addition, uh, you know, we'll see how he is when Cody glass is back from his illness. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe there's some more chemistry there. You know, if he's serviceable, then then fine. Then, you know, I maintain what I said about Phil Tomasino going to the minors where it's like, you know what? Preds are playing the long game. They don't need to rush it. They have some depth right now. He didn't quite earn his spot in preseason. Let's see how, how he does starting in Milwaukee. You know, if, if that's the case, if the Preds have that luxury, then I agree. Right move. And we don't need to take it on a game-by-game basis. But if this is a trend two three weeks into the season that's when i think you have to go back and be like okay maybe this wasn't the right play no i agree with that my frustration is the people that watched the game last night and said oh that cole smith keeper sure would experiment was trash that was your takeaway yeah <laughs> from that game yeah. no so, I... And I agree with you i think i think you know what you get yourself a sample size and see okay is this going to be you know a, a fit but if for the people whose takeaway was let's dump on these fourth line players, that was your takeaway. I'm not sure what game you were watching. Yeah, I agree with that. Nobody was playing really great, except for maybe Ellie Tolfanen. Yeah, except for the line we uh, we talked about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100% agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, so let's try this again, shall we? Predators we play should. Stars <laughs> tomorrow night this time in Dallas uh, on Monday, because, wow, the week really got away from us. Um, On Monday, we will have a recap of that game, uh, kind of an encompassing thing on this entire two-game stretch that Preds have played with some of our plus-minus. So, yeah, be uh, ready for that. In the meantime, Anne, where can the people find your work? You can find my work at InsideThePreds.com, and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can read my work at OnTheForeCheck.com. Uh, if you're on Twitter, be sure to give the show a follow at LO underscore Predators. Come chat with us during games. Uh, and as always, where however you're listening or viewing this, if you're on, um, if you're listening this via podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on the podcast platform you're using. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button and hit the bell notification as well. That way you will always be the first to know when we have a new fresh, hot and ready show ready for your viewing pleasure. That's going to do it for us on today's edition of Locked on Predators. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back Monday with plus minus from this weekend's game. See ya.